what if I'm listening to this a year later, two years later, three years later, five years later, and I still didn't raise my rates like I need to. I'm still not niching down. I'm still not with the clients I want. How are you going to feel then? Realize that that's going to suck worse than just taking the actions now, getting the clarity that you need and moving yourself forward. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. But first, this episode is sponsored by my very own Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, and that's because our self-study program is now open. If you are one of the ones who've been DMing me, I cannot wait for October. I'm ready to go now. You're eager. You're motivated. You do well in a self-paced environment because you follow through. The self-study program is right for you. You can start learning digital marketing services and workflows right now. And you don't have to wait. You can enroll now. The link is in the show notes. This self-study program is heavily discounted, and it is meant for those of you who want to start making money ASAP. I'll see you inside the program. And if you decide you need to do the live program, you want more accountability, you want to partake in live calls and office hours, the live cohort is starting in October. You can get on the wait list with the link inside the show notes or go to udmaschool.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. If you're new to me, hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. You caught a really good episode. Today, we are talking to Belinda Rosenblum, a CPA and profit strategist of Own Your Money. You might have heard me last month on her audio summit. It was called Income and Impact, and it was so cool. It was a micro audio summit. She had 60 presenters sharing a one-minute tip. If you didn't catch mine, send me a DM and I'll fill you in on what I what I shared, what my big tip was for capturing SEO traffic. I just love Belinda and everything she teaches. She helps female entrepreneurs manage and plan their business money so they can take control of their profits and finally enjoy freedom they started in their business in the first place. So this is very meta conversation today because it's A, what our clients need help with, and what we need to do as the independent contractor, the business owner of our digital service business. I don't want you to be working like a dog and choosing work over family time, and either does Belinda. So she's going to share some goodness about what she wishes virtual assistants and freelancers knew about pricing. A lot of it comes down to fear, self-worth, and your money mindset. It's true. But it is possible for you to make a good profits and position yourself to a value-based service where you stop trading time for money. There's a reason we're doing marketing because it is more value-based, but there's a different positioning that needs to happen. And if you pick up anything that Belinda put down today, it's the same thing I say that you have to say yes, start doing the work, be okay making mistakes, and gaining clarity in that process. This is how you move to the specialized clients. This is what we talked about on an earlier episode, 155, and this is it. You've got to step up as a CEO. You are the one keeping yourself small. This means getting out of the $30, $40 hourly rate by being able to produce results and by being able to say the price. When you are delivering true value to your clients, there will be the right buyer for you. But not everyone's your buyer and you can't take offense to that. 
Belinda is going to unpack a lot here. It was such a natural conversation. She answered a lot of my questions before we even asked them. Chances are you're probably in that murky middle of your freelancer business where you've started, you've pulled off the Band-Aid, you started charging, you started putting yourself out there, you have a few clients, but you're realizing that being an independent contractor is hard. You're paying a tax rate of probably about 30, 35% rate. You're paying your self-employment taxes, 15%. You have a right to charge more to cover this expense of running your own business. Your clients are saving money by not having an employee. They don't have to worry about all the extra benefits, the labor laws, and the time commitment of a 40 plus hour week. So today is really not about pricing your value, not about trading time for money or how much time you spend on a project. Today is about positioning yourself to be worthy and be able to call in the higher prices. Go grab her pay yourself calculator so you can finally set the right revenue goals. It's something very similar I walked through in our pricing webinar that will be coming back up in October. It will allow you to pay yourself more to see the numbers and set your sales activities. It will let you run the show because you deserve to get paid better for all of your efforts and your expertise. But you have to figure out how to make this happen and that's entering these three key magic numbers. A little more background about Belinda. She helps coaches and business owners build sustainable businesses with financial systems so they can have more profit and fun. Belinda is also the co-author of the book, Self-Worth to Net Worth, 12 Keys to Creating Wealth Inside and Out. She became a self-made millionaire at 33 and has helped her clients make or save well over $4 million. Dear freelancer, be in it for the money. You are taking time away from your body, your health, your friends, your family, your children, your pets, your spouse to help other business owners achieve their dreams. You need to be charging. You are helping them. You are providing a solid service. Don't act like it's not for the money. It's time to put the people-pleasing tendencies aside. It's time to put yourself first, put your business first, and put your profit first. You can still be a nice person. You can still care about your client's business. You can still produce results and charge fairly. No discounts, no giving it away free, no scope creep. You can stop over-delivering and over-producing and overworking. It's okay to let money drive you. It's okay to have fun and make money. You don't have to hustle in order to make money. You've got to look out for yourself. You've got to look out for your future. You've got to stop leaving money on the table. This episode is going to help. Hey, Belinda, we're so excited to have you on the show. I was talking to my unicorns ahead of time, asking all of the money mindset and pricing questions. Tell everyone hello and where you're from and a little bit about you. Awesome. Hello there. It is so great to be on. And it's so funny knowing that I was coming on this podcast. It's like my daughter knows and we've been reading more unicorn books than ever before. So it got me in the mood. My name is Belinda Rosenblum. I run a company called Own Your Money. I'm a CPA and profit strategist. And I've been doing this now for 16 years. Amazing as that is. I'm in the Boston area, but 
yet a New Yorker at heart. Now I get to help business owners, just like everybody here listening, right? To be able to figure out how do they intentionally grow their business instead of feeling like profit is this big happy accident, right? How do they up-level the, their financial systems and strategies to be able to run the business instead of feeling like the business is running them? And I think the part of it, you know, to your question about like, how did I get into this is that and particularly helping business owners, is that I'm hearkening back to a day back now. This was my second full year of business, and it was a beautiful but freezing cold day in Boston, like where it looks nice outside. And then inside, you know, as soon as you take a step outside, you're like, okay, forget it. I'm going back in, right? <laughs> it's just too cold. And I'm sitting there in my small extra bedroom turned home office, and I was staring at my computer in disbelief, in tears, like those uncontrollable crocodile kind of tears. And what had happened was I had just received an email from my bookkeeper and it had the profit and loss statement from my second full year of business. And I was just staring at the bottom number. And literally I like kept refreshing thinking maybe it was like a typo or something, but my profit for the business for the entire year was $2,348.29. Oh my goodness. Like after a full year of working my ass off nights, weekends, you know, think about those, those first few years, you know, we're just doing whatever we can. And I took home less than $3,000. And I think what made it even more painful is that it was just two weeks after I had been toasting my first six figure year, right? So I thought I was the bomb.com bringing in revenue over $155,000. And yet I'm sitting here looking at $2,000. I'm like, no wonder I've been having so much trouble making ends meet from the business because the business hasn't been creating a profit, right? Like I left this successful corporate job where I was getting paid over six figures. I was hoping for more freedom and I turned my nine to five into a 24 seven <laughs> with a very demanding boss, by the way, I was like super hard on myself. And you know what, what I realized is that like I had become a volunteer essentially in my unintentional nonprofit because I hadn't been paying attention to profits specifically, right? Mm -hmm. That I was kind of doing what everybody said, like just focus on revenue. And then when I started to think like there has to be a better way, you know, my instinct was do what I had been told, which was just focus on more revenue. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Two years ago, I made zero and I took home zero. Now I made $155,000 and I still took home only two. Right. And I was like, it was that moment that I realized like something is broken within the system itself in terms of what a lot of us are taught. And, you know, and I think we all have heard about the business owner that like makes, makes in quotes, right? A million dollars and then spends 1.2 million, right? And then they end up in debt. And then I was like, maybe I just need to work harder, right? Because I think that's also like our, a default. And then I was like, well, no, that's not going to work, right? It's just, it's not more hours. It's not me taking over for my team because none of that felt sustainable. Right. So I instead started to make changes like, I had a small but mighty team, like one main person at the time. And I was like, I need to optimize my team's effectiveness and I need to take ownership for that. Right. I think somewhere I was like relinquishing responsibility. Right. I was like, I'm just going to focus on myself and they'll focus on themselves. But to really get that, I needed to have them focus on the priorities that mattered that were going to drive forward the business. I built leverage into my business because what was happening is that I was just doing like, so much of it relied on me and my time. And I know with a lot of your freelancers, they're probably in that too, right? It's very like time for dollar based. And I was like, I need to be able to create more leverage. So I hired another coach. I started doing a little bit of group work and created more leveraged offers. So could be more profitable. 
little PSA, all revenue is not created equal. And that was kind of where I started to learn that. And then the biggest thing I think was creating a profit plan. Like I created and I followed a, a plan that prioritized profit and paying myself a consistent salary. Like a lot of people ask me, should I be paying myself? And the answer is yes. Even if we have to start out at $100, $500, $1,000, we need to start to create a new habit and a commitment, right? That paying you matters. That I don't want you to get left with scraps because that happens so much of the time, right? We have revenue, everybody else gets paid, and then we have the profit and it feels like, okay, we can take a portion of what's left. That's why I do like the, the concept of profit first because it has us realize that actually, we need to be prioritizing that from the beginning. So what I came to realize that the result, maybe I should just finish the story, right? Is that I brought in $256,000 in revenue the next year. So I leaned into revenue and more leveraged revenue. And I took home almost $100,000 in profit. And nice. when I look back on it, yeah, nice. <laughs> That's what I want to help everybody here do. Great. $100,000 in profit, right? Not just revenue. Because I had to step in and own my role as what I call the cash flow CEO. Right. The cash flow CEO is someone who prioritizes profit, takes home that lucrative paycheck and builds leverage into the business. Right. So they are actually building the life that they want, not just trying to squeeze their life around what their business allows. Right. And it was a big realization because I think somewhere like I was hoping that I would be saved or somehow it would just all click into place. And then I realized that I needed to be the cause of that. Right. I needed to help make that happen. And it was kind of like I had dug the well, but I didn't have a system to get the water out. <laughs> and some of you listening, right, you might be thinking, too, like I've been digging. Right. But I need to be able to turn the faucet on. And that's what we want to start to show you today, because now I'm like 16 years into the business and I probably would have thrown in the towel had I not figured it out. Right. Because I needed to get myself a steady paycheck. And now we get my business partners come into the business now for over five years and we have four contractors on the team, right? So it's like something needed to change and I needed to learn skills. And I think money, particularly money pricing, those are super important skills of a CEO. And it's like, we feel ashamed that we don't know how to do it. But instead I'm like, well, hold on a second. It's a learned CEO skill. Step into your role as CEO and let's teach you what you need to learn around money and pricing so that you can have your profit plan. You can pay yourself. You can feel more powerful as a business owner. Yeah, that's probably one of the questions I get the most from new and established freelancers and digital service providers is the pricing, the packaging. And I don't know what it is deep down because I remind them it's not permanent right? You're, you're allowed to increase them and change them. Just don't sign the two-year contract. But yet it becomes such a sticking point. And I think there's a lot of fear behind that. Like, I don't know. Like, I know for me, if I price something and it's not high enough, and then I ended up over-delivering, giving too much, I just see the profit margin dwindle. And then I hate it, right? Like, I've been in situations like that where I just made a, I made an estimation problem. Like, I overestimated how long it would take me or underestimated, you know what I mean? And, yeah. but the thing is, like, I don't do that again, you know, right. I made that mistake once, now I don't do it. Right. And you learn from it. And I, and mm -hmm. I totally agree that I think that we stay in this fear of failure more than realizing like, well, what if it actually worked? What if I was successful? What if I realized that it's in the action that it brings clarity? Yeah. Right. So we need to try, we need to be 
trying out different packages or different rates instead of feeling like, oh, I can't do it, right? We need to make the attempt and then know that we'll learn from the attempt. And I think there's there's two things in that story you just shared, which I think a lot of, a lot of folks can probably relate to, right? One is that, you know, you can give it your best. You know what I mean? You can estimate as best as you can. And then if you go too low, you will start to resent. Yes. If you're charging too low, you will start to resent your clients. However, if you recognize that the scope is actually larger than what you had originally expected, that's where we get to put on that CEO shoes again, or our big girl panties, you know, and kind of realize like, how can we have a grown up conversation with our client too? Because scope creep is real, boundaries are important. And I think particularly as a freelancer, it's like, we just, we want to keep the client, but at the same regard, we need to keep our own sanity, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to stop doing non-billable work. And so I know that I've always respected the freelancer that comes to me and says, hey, this is what we originally talked about. And this is what it's turning into. Can we work out a different package or plan or investment that allows me to be able to do the expanded scope that you want? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I have that going on with a copywriting project right now. I'm fixing her funnel. And every time we open a new door, we're like, oh, God, <laughs> there's more to fix. And she just appreciates me being in communication and telling her, well, that could be a next phase. Like, this is what we agreed on. And we know this is a problem and we can address that next. And I'm also not doing work she hasn't given me permission to do. Like, I'm, you know, when you talk about don't do the billable hours, I actually want to go back when you said not all revenue was created equal. What did you really mean by that? Because I feel like this ties into what we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah, totally. So what that means is like, I think that sometimes, particularly as we're getting to our first like $5,000 a month, we just say yes to everything, right? We just say yes to all the work. We're like a yes woman. Yeah, I can do that. I'll figure out how to do that. Yes, I'll do that, right? Even if sometimes it takes us a lot more hours to do the thing that we're getting paid for, right? We're just saying yes, we're trying to get there. But now what happens is that as you want to continue to grow, we need to start to create more leveraged work where we are more based on value and we're getting out of that time for dollar, right? Because you know, I thought there was a great question too ahead of time in terms of like, how do we start to make that transition more to packages and value price? And I think first and foremost, I want to see <laughs> you create the value, like get clear on the value and your ability to articulate the value. Because what doesn't work is if you don't have the expertise yet and you're trying to charge really high prices, you know? And I think that sometimes it's like, there are coaches out there that are just like double your prices, triple your prices. And first and foremost, like make sure you are doing a really good job, you know, and that you're getting really great results. Right? Sometimes I know that it, it like seems silly for me to even have to say that, but you know, we're, we've been hiring for a role now and we'll get applications in with a bunch of typos and then a really high price. And I'm just like, well, wait a second. Like that doesn't align. I'm yeah. willing to pay for really great work. But then when I see indications of not really great work, right, where they're not detail oriented or they're not caring about the work product that they're putting out, it just doesn't align. So the point about all revenue is not created equal is getting that, yes, in the beginning, you can say yes to everything. However, as you grow, we need to start to create more leveraged offerings, whether it's that you have somebody else that can help you do the work, right? Like when I had hired a coach and then I raised my rates and I had the coach charge what I was charging before, you know, in your kind of business, it might be that like 
the main person isn't doing everything that they have an admin that can maybe do the posting for them, or they can mm -hmm. have somebody else that can do some of the research or just some of the other pieces that aren't at the same hourly rate, you know, and not at the same skill set that they've worked so hard to create. Yes. Right. So that there is some more leveraged work and that that they do start to get out of this hourly pricing and start to get to a value based pricing once they can articulate the value that they're creating, you know, and that they do have testimonials from people who have really been pleased with their work. The last piece I'll say to that, too, is that oftentimes the who helps determine the price, because I absolutely believe that there is a price for every buyer and a buyer for every price, right? Like in my masterclass that's coming up, right? I show these two white sneakers that look very, very similar. Okay. However, one is Hermes and one is Walmart. Now those two, I used to call it Hermes for the longest time, but Hermes, <laughs> right? Is the, is the brand. And, and so what happens is that there is going to be different buyers for each price. The one who is shopping at Hermes for a $1,200 pair of white sneakers is not going to be the same person that's going to Walmart for the $17 pair of sneakers. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is recognizing what level are you at, right? To be able to sell to. And in terms of like quality product that you're putting out there and to decide, do you want to be the Walmart? Do you want to be the Hermes? Do you want to be something in between? And kind of recognizing the expertise that you have and the who you want to work with and what you want to do for them. Because as you do specialize, you will be able to more easily put out a different work product, right? And you'll be able to charge more for it. So I'm trying to think of a relevant example, but like an example I give in my talk is like when I've been doing this for 16 years, right? When I first started, I did more personal finance and I would have like, let's say I did a money management course, just like general, general. What am I charging? Like 20 bucks for that, right? But then if I start to zoom in and I'm like money management for coaches, maybe that's $100, right? If I do money management for business coaches, maybe that's $500. Then I start to get really super specific, right? Money management for business coaches who are earning over $200,000 in this industry, right? And then it's like, all of a sudden it's worth more. So I would like everybody to, for those listening here, right? Or watching or wherever you're, you're, you're catching us is to stop and think like, who do you get the best results for? And how can you consider niching down so that when that person is coming to you and it doesn't have to be one, sometimes it could be three. Like maybe you're like, I work the best with therapists and this and that, right? But what happens is you learn the languaging, you learn what works, you learn how to do your job even easier so that you can use templates. You can start to create workflows that you know will work. You'll be able to create bigger and better results for these clients with less effort from you. Like it will start to feel easier, right? And I think sometimes we're afraid to niche, but I actually feel like there's so much power in niching down because it just makes it you so much easier to refer. Yeah, at the beginning, you're talking about saying yes to everything, right? And you, there is time that you're doing the work and not charging for it because there's that learning curve, right? And it becomes a very powerful thing, but you get faster, you become that locksmith who can just show up and unpick the lock like that when you are more concentrated on that same effort. And it, it's so smart to see that and see that area where you can be creating your own workflows. Like you said, you can start positioning yourself as more the manager and hiring help for like the tasks that are a little bit more repetitive that somebody mm -hmm. doesn't 
strategy to be able to do. That is so genius. And I actually wanted to bring up another story. Somebody from our work group was talking about, oh, I've been with this client. We all know she has lots of money, ready to like increase my rates. And then you know, I've been with her just because I've been with a certain amount of time. It's time to increase my rates. And I'm like, but what have you done? I'm like, are you doing this? Are you tracking retention? Are you reporting this? She's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't pay any more. I feel like you kind of reached the cap for the service you're giving. If you want to get to the next level, like you need to be doing better. And I, I don't know if everyone gets that because we just hear like charge what you're worth or increase your rates every six months, every one year. But like there's got to be the results behind it to get to that high caliber client that you're talking about in that niche service. Right. I, I absolutely agree. And then, you know, it's not like, oh, X amount of time has passed. I mean, if it's like two years, we probably need to raise your rates. Yeah. But it's not something <laughs> like three months or six months, right? It's really looking at what you're doing versus what you're helping the person create, what you're helping them deliver, right? And sometimes too, if you're niching down, then like, let's say you niche to coaches that have a high ticket program, and you know that what you're doing is directly helping them create more applications and more sales for their business then you, you can kind of get really good at that. And you can be like, okay, what am I doing to be able to drive applications? Whereas if you get really good at something that's driving to a lead magnet, that's a little bit different. You know, it's, it's recognizing that you have the ability to get good at things and then that can create more and more value. And then you can be charging more for certain skills that you have that others don't have. You know, and I, I agree, I don't buy into the charge what you're worth thing because I feel like our worth as like don't even get me started I'm like, <laughs> but like our worth as human beings is so much more than we can ever charge and yeah. so if you can pull yourself out of that philosophy and recognize actually I can charge to the extent of the value that I can create and articulate then it's about something else outside of yourself then if somebody doesn't say yes to you it's not like a personal affrontation like, oh, I'm a bad person or, you know, I'm not good at this job or I need to throw in the business. It's like, no, actually, I need to look at it, right? Did I articulate the value? Can I create the value? Is this person in my sweet spot? And it's about something outside of yourself. So it lets you be a little bit more detached mm -hmm. and more objective about what you can be creating for them. And yeah. that's why this whole conversation around pricing and value is different than the one around like charge what you're worth, <laughs> right? Because that's going to push all of your own worthiness buttons. And that's a, that's a whole different thing, right? <laughs> what we go, you know, having said that you do need to feel valuable yourself to even make those kind of offers, right? But whether they say yes or no is not an indication of your worthiness as a woman, yeah. as a person. 100%. I mean, I can think of me as a business owner. I have restrictions. I have budget restrictions, time restrictions. I don't need 15 different specialists on my team. So I, I have a path and I can't hire. I just thinking about like a discovery call I had with someone like her service is brilliant. I know I need it, but now is not the time for me and it had nothing to do with her. Nothing personal. I see the value in her work. It's just I'm not in her sweet spot. Honestly, I'm not in her sweet spot for what she's delivering. And I know I'll get there but not right now. And I can't just pull money out. I want to pay myself more than 2000 a year. <laughs> we are on the same page for you. And I think too, it's like when you're able to separate, this is 
inside my cash flow CEO program, I talk about how we need clarity with our emotions, right? So that we don't let our emotions drive our business because way too often that's what happens, right? We get emotionally attached to things. And I want you to be able to start to look at all of this a little bit more black and white. It's not that you're not bringing feeling and, and passion to it. It's just that when somebody says yes or no to your offer, you're not having it mean something about who you are as a person. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's part of the difference. Hey, I'm interrupting my own show to ask, have you taken my quiz? If you're wondering how to combine your services and skills in a unique, unicorn-esque way, then take my quiz to open your eyes to the possibilities. You can see where you fit in to this whole online business world. This quiz is based on the DISC personality. It will be unique to you. I'll take what you're good at, what you already know, plus your personality traits, and give you suggestions on how to adapt to the online space and combine your uniqueness in a way that makes you totally hireable and an in-demand unicorn. Go to emilyreaganpr.com slash quiz or check it out in the show notes. Back to the show. And what I will say is that to be able to be clear with your emotions, you do need to have worked through some of those money mindset issues. And I think too often we just know we have them, but yet we aren't willing to address them. We tolerate them. We cap ourselves by them. Yeah. Right. And instead of recognizing that actually the profits that we want are on the other side of those fears, they're on the other side of the resistance that we've created. Because what, what's happening is we're creating our own limit. And so I absolutely believe that for you to step up to that next level, you need to look at, well, what are you resisting? What are you telling yourself that's keeping you small, that's keeping you where you are? And how do you need to start to address that so that you can go to that next level? You can start to welcome in more abundance. I know it sounds a little woo-woo, but it's like realizing that you are capping yourself where you are based on what you believe is possible you know, based on your old stuff. And I, I will say that when you teach this, you have to work through so much of your own crap because it just keeps coming up. Right. And it's like, for me to be able to teach it, I had to go through so much of my own money stuff going all the way back to like, you know, when I was seven and my parents got divorced and I thought it was my fault. And I started people pleasing, you know, and I started thinking I had to prove my worth. And so I had to start to go back and source some of my limiting beliefs around money to start to change them, to start to make different decisions now as a 50-year-old instead of what my seven-year-old had been telling me that I kept repeating. Because oftentimes we I, I call them pivotal money moments and we lock them in early on. And then we keep repeating them because we believe it to be true, right? Our brain likes to be right. Mm -hmm. And We've never taken the time to reframe what's happened in our money story. Oh my gosh. And I so, was going to ask you, give us some examples because I was not even aware of money stories until I started this entrepreneurial journey. And then I'm hearing my friends talk about money blocks and I'm reading the books. And I'm like, oh God, this is real. And I didn't, I was like blissfully unaware. And I know you shared yours, but what are some other ones that people, you know, that are common, especially with freelancers, if you've seen any kind of pattern? Oh my gosh. So, um, <laughs> so many, so little time. I mean, I, I think that some of the, the core ones are often about like on the pricing side, let's say like, can I charge that? Will people pay that? Am I worth that? You know, I, I think that often it's that we let our, our fear and our 
tendency to scarcity, like to want to pull back instead of lean forward. Right. Yeah. I think that all of that comes up and okay. a lot of it is just, is recognizing, and this would even be a great exercise to do as a takeaway from this podcast today is to look at what you are telling yourself. Right In those moments when you have to say the price, when you see somebody else's price, when you are working on a proposal, when you're working on something for a client, just keep a little log in your journal, in an Evernote, whatever you want, but just start to write down like, what are the exact things that you are telling yourself? And then if you want, DM me on Instagram, I'm own your money, I'll help you work through them. But to recognize like, what is it? And then at the end of the week, be like, where did I teach that to myself? Or who did I see that embodied that? That then, because a lot of times it's our parents, it's our grandparents, right? That mm -hmm. say like, you know, who am I to go that big? Who are you to charge that? Who are you to ask somebody for that, right? Or like that there's often the work harder. Like if I raise my prices, I have to put more in. Ooh, I, I do that one. I'm going to raise my hand for that one. I have to over deliver. <laughs> I already used that word. <laughs> I was totally that person for like my first, three years, five years. And then part of this whole like breakdown to the breakthrough that I shared with you in my like $150,000 a year was recognizing that, wait a second, that was just bullshit. And I, I call it like our BS, right? Because it's our belief systems, but they're usually non-supportive. And they're usually telling us things that are just bullshit because they're old things that we learned and, you know, yeah. that we taught ourselves early on. And I was totally guilty of this myself too, until I kind of realized like, wait a second, this isn't really serving me, is that element of I need to do more because I'm charging more. And actually yeah. it gets back to that value conversation that I had to say, actually, how do I make what I'm charging more relative to the value that I'm creating instead of a level of effort? Because if you take a step back and you think, right, if it were only about working hard, then for all those people that are working hard, they would be making six figures. They would be making a lot of money. There's no formula that says working hard creates more money. There's also no formula that says making more revenue creates more profit necessarily, because what's happening a lot of times is we're not paying attention to where our money is going, right? We're spending it as fast as it's coming in because we don't have a system to manage it. Right. And we think oftentimes, oh, I just need to build my list. I just need to do more. Right. And then I'll make more. And I'm like, no, time out. Right. Like you have resources at your fingertips <laughs> in terms of being able to manage the money you're making, to be able to price yourself better, which is actually a faster path to more profits than potentially going out and getting more and more clients. Right. But that. Yeah a lot of possibility in the money that you're making and the clients that you have and where could you potentially there's a gold mine in your current and your past clients so where could you potentially add more value like maybe it's another project you could do for them maybe it's a client that you already finished up and is like hey now i'm focusing on this i think this could be really useful for you you know but to look at where can you add more value and then make more money based on adding more value instead of being stuck in that paradigm of i need to work more i need to put more hours in right because that is not what's going to necessarily get you there it's how can i create more value to charge more yeah i feel like i have witnessed this in my own business where it all becomes about the implementation hours and you will max out 
you will max out very quickly if you have marketing skills because everybody wants to hire you. And then you're kind of forced to deal with it, which is one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on here and talk about this because my unicorns are in this spot where they're afraid to take that next step and start charging more and leaning into the value, leaning more into the strategy of what they're providing and less of the implementation work. So what's Mm. really going on here? I I mean, I think it's this, there's always going to be that level of like self-worth to unpack that each of us have to walk through. But Mm -hmm. you and I talked about this money uh, mindset question, like scarcity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's this element of like, no one is going to come in and give you permission. Well, okay. I guess the two of us, Emily and Belinda are giving you permission today, right? To do your profit plan, to figure out how many clients do I want at what price? Will that get me to the goal that I want? Like I have a a gift that we'll give everybody today is my pay yourself calculator, right? And so use that to figure out what do I want to make, right? What are my business? You literally plug in three numbers, really two main ones, which is what do you want to make and what are your business expenses? And then do you have any debt to pay off or other savings that you want to grow? And then it will figure out at a minimum, you need to be making this. And so once you have that information, you're like, okay, I need to be making $6,000, let's just say a month. Then you can say, okay, well, what are all the different ways that I could make that? And then you you literally just run very basic math. (laughs) And then you start thinking about, okay, if I had four clients that were paying me a retainer of $1,500 a month, that would get me there, right? Like, and then you think, okay, well, what could I do for somebody that would be worth $1,500 to them, right? And you start to like reverse engineer it in a way that pays you what you want and provides the value that you want externally. Or maybe you say, you know what, I would rather just do two clients at 3,000, but you gotta be doing a lot of work for those two clients, right? Or producing a lot of results for those two clients, but there's a lot, if somebody has a podcast, if someone needs a lot of emails, if someone has launches, potentially you could get there, right? And so I think that it's about creating that plan for yourself to say, I can do this, right? And this is how I can do it. And part of it will be pricing them. Part of it may be finding a way to create more leverage for you in terms of hiring other team that can help expand your capacity. Because what you will potentially find, and in the calculator you fill in, like what's the minimum you want to be making, but then also what's your ideal? Like what are we working towards? And then let's say what we're working towards is more like $10,000 a month. Well, then it's like, okay, we need to get creative, (laughs) right? What could the $10,000 look like? Because I don't think that it's just you working more and more hours. Mm -mm. It's figuring out, is there a course? Is there a template? Is there something more scalable? Is there a team that you start to create? But to, to get that, we need to be intentional about that growth to make it happen. Yeah. I'll say it right here. Anytime you get more involved with connecting to driving more leads and more sales, you can charge more. Mm-hmm. Why we're focused right. on marketing in this podcast. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like be, help be the path to cash for your clients. Yeah. Right. And so if you can help them see, okay, if we lean into this, if I put in more time, if I put in more time with engagement, or if I have someone on my team do more with engagement, then let's start to set some goals right? Because then what you can do is you can take things that feel qualitative and make them quantitative. Yeah. So you can start to say, okay, so where are we at now in terms of number of touches, number of posts, number of outreaches that we're doing, right? And then start to show how your involvement can help be a more direct path to the cash that they're really looking for. And to just like free them up to have more and more time 
and then to have them be able to do more revenue generating activities too, because now you're handling all these other things. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that path to cash. I am always trying to get my unicorns to think of like the next step and taking initiative. And I just got mm-hmm. off the call with a community manager. I'm like, it's not your Facebook. My free Facebook group is not just about posting to post and keeping the algorithm happy. I want to be designating and handpicking out the hottest leads, the most right person who has the best Mm -hmm. background, who will be successful in my course. And I want to be fostering conversations with them. The fact that someone can see that and go above and beyond it immediately pulls you out of the $20 an hour bucket, even within my community of students. It's not just posting for 12 weeks, we're together and saying, rah, rah, you you go girl. No, it's like pulling out the stories and the testimonials and the VOC and stuff I can turn around and use in my next launch to make Mm -hmm. double the money. I cannot stress this enough to my unicorns listening to this. This is like what I'm trying to show you. The next step, you said it perfectly, the path to cash. Right. And sometimes it's you recognizing it and then showing it to your clients, right? Showing them how you are facilitating that, how you are adding more and more value because you're able to help create that for them. You know, and I think that that is more valuable. And I think that sometimes we are tolerating our under earning, right? But the client is not going to necessarily come to us and say, you know what? I think you're undercharging me. Maybe you should charge me more. That's kind of like Verizon to be like, hey, we're having a sale. You know, you should you should take me up on this sale from Verizon because then you'll pay me less money. That's never going to happen from Verizon. It's never going to happen from your clients. And so your job is to look at how am I providing more value or how can I provide more value? Mm-hmm. And I think too, you know, to harken back to the conversation we had towards the beginning around when you're going over scope, you know, and you need to be having that conversation. There are times sometimes where you feel like, you know what, I committed to this at this investment and I don't want to go over, but you still need to tell the client Mm -hmm. because then what happens is the next time they try and hire you for a similar project, they're going to think that it's the price that they paid. It's really important to recognize, okay, wait a second, like how can you stand in your power as a business owner? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that sometimes it's like we're literally trained to be employees, like throughout school college, often we join a corporate job and then we are dissatisfied. You know, I was the point where I felt like I was just checking my personality at the door and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that's how I started this business now. Now I'm 16 years, like entrepreneurship now is so much more accepted even than it was back then. Mm -hmm. What happens is we're trained to be this employee. And I think that we're often treating our businesses like we are the overworked employee in the business. And I want this to be your wake up call to say, actually, you are the CEO of a business. And I know you don't want to be in it for the money, but your business needs money to survive. You can't just like pay your mortgage with that was really great. And thank yous, you know, like you need real cash to pay your mortgage and to buy groceries. Right. And so use this as that wake up call to be like, right. I need to be the CEO of my business. What I call the cash flow CEO, because you are aware of your numbers, your prioritizing profit, you're creating the leverage, right? And you are giving yourself freedom and profit in your business. Because most of the time we start out as a hobby owner, like we have a lot of freedom, but we don't have any profit. And then we just become an overworked employee, or we don't have freedom, and we don't have profit. (laughs) And then we go where we're just like hustling our tail off, then we have 
some profit and still no freedom. And our goal for you, my goal for you, is to become that cash flow CEO where you have the freedom and the profit because you are the one that is saying, I am getting paid what feels commensurate with the value that I'm creating, right? And that you know what that is that's going to have you feel good about your business. I'm so glad you brought up that difference of the CEO and employee mindset. I think that's the hardest shift being a freelancer because it's doubly confusing because you are an independent contractor with your business, but you're also doing client facing work and you know, you're contracted to provide a service that you have to face the numbers. You have to be the CEO and you also, you have to look out for yourself. Like you said, very rarely has a client ever been like, let me give you more money. I want to keep you. You have to make those power CEO moves for yourself and look out for your mind. Like it can feel a little uncomfortable and a little confusing and, and it's important to do, you know, and to get like, yes, you're a contractor in somebody else's business, but in your own business, you are the CEO. You are the one that needs to be able to be the boss and to make those boss moves. And that's why you're with Emily. That's why, you know, you'll follow along with me so that we can help start to elevate you Mm -hmm. out of like the employee and waiting for somebody to swoop in. I know I was that person too. Like I was kind of waiting for someone to come in and help me figure out what are the higher payoff activities and how do I make more profit? And then when I came home with that year where I'm like in tears, I'm like, okay, fine. Like to quote Susie Orman, like I have to save myself. No one's going to come in and save me, you know? So it's up to you to figure that out, right? And to decide that there is a cost of inaction right? There is a cost to staying in this plateau, to staying stuck, to staying at those current rates. And we need to figure out how do we get you to either the higher hourly rate, to a package rate, to something that's going to actually feel like you are getting appropriately compensated. And it's going to help you create a sustainable business that moves forward. You always answer the questions before I ask them, but this cost of inaction can we just unpack this for a hot second? What is that? Like, how do we face these numbers? Because that is always what I see, what I could be earning and what I'm leaving on the table and how this is taking away from my family. It always spurs me, always spurs me. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good point too, that you need to know why you want to make more money. And I think that sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect in that, in that it just feels like this intangible out there money thing, right? And it's like, Money is actually the thing that's paying the mortgage, it's paying the groceries, it's helping you take the vacations, it's paying for the kids' activities, and for you to get clear on, okay, how much more money do I want to make and why, right? So once you can start to realize that, then maybe you can let that help drive you to work through the fears, because you may have some fears when you're raising your rates, when you're putting yourself out there in this bigger way. So the cost of an action essentially has you think about, okay, if I keep charging this rate, right? then what am I going to be earning? Whereas if I actually go out more boldly and charge this rate and do this higher value service, what could I make? And what I'll do, I don't have an opt-in for this, but one of the tools inside Cashflow CO is what I call a raise your rates calculator. So people DM me on Instagram, own your money and just write raise your rates or something, you know, or tell me you saw me on Emily's podcast. I'll just send you the link to that. It's really helpful to say, okay, if I keep going at this rate, this is what I'll be making. If I raise it, this is what I'll be making. And this is what happens if I wait and I don't raise it for three months or 12 months. And then you start to see and you're like, holy cow, 
that's like $10,000 that I'm not making because I'm still charging this lower rate. And you actually start to see that every day, every week, every month that you're undercharging, not only are you resenting clients like we talked about, mm -hmm. right? And feeling less than because you know that you're undercharging, like it's absolutely taking you down rungs on that self-worth chart. But moreover, you're not making the money that you could be making because you're not acting and asking. And that, I mean, I just have to say that client resentment, that's real. That's real. At the end of the day, when you're not happy about your work, when you just resent that the time you've like given to this client, like that's not why we're freelancing. And you talked about your why, but there's this older part of us that's freelancing because we want freedom and we do want fun. There's a reason we're not walking down the street and working at Capital One right now. Although that six-figure salary always tempts me, but I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want that. And I want to be having like the ultimate job satisfaction too. I want my cake and I want to eat it all. Right. <laughs> well, and that's probably why we went into business, right? Was to yeah. have the ability to do the things that are fun for us, right? To be able to enjoy our, our roles. And the overarching message here, right? Before we wrap up is to get that like you are in control of your business mm -hmm. and that you are the cause here. So let's create the effect that we want right? It's, it's not that your business is happening to you or that life is happening to you. It's that life is happening for you. Life is happening because of you. So how can you look at your business and say, what is the business that I actually want? If I'm honest with myself, I know it might be scary to get there. I know I might need to learn a few things to get there, but what is the business that you actually want? How much do you want to get paid? What are the hours that you want to work, right? What are the types of things you want to be doing, who are the clients that you want to work with and declare that, get clear on that vision. And then we will move mountains to help you get there. You know, there's a great quote, even by Patanjali, that's like, as soon as you decide that it's like the universe starts to shift to make that happen for you. It's a quote inside my self-worth book and that it's up to you to recognize like, let's right now make this the one podcast the changes everything moving forward because you are getting that I want to create something different and I am committed to figuring out how to do that, right? You have Emily's great resources. You have my great resources to help you get started on this new path and yet to realize, okay, let me own my success. Let me own the future that I want. And it could be that you need some support of team or other things to get there. Because I feel like if you can do your vision on your own, your vision probably isn't big enough. So <laughs> right. And recognize like, what do I want to create? And what do I need to learn? What do I need to know? What do I need to do to go create that in the world? Oh my gosh, you dropped so much good gold here. And I mean, my big takeaway here, and this isn't new too, but we have to stop letting fear hold us back and put ourselves first. We're keeping ourselves stuck here and facing those numbers is a good step. And I love that you're sharing your price calculator. That's so awesome. And I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Will you tell everyone about this masterclass that you have coming up and what date it is so we know if we have time to catch it? Sure. And thank you for saying that. And I think that there's this, you know, this piece of recognizing like, Either you can let fear hold you back, fear of failure, fear of success, all of that, or you can let fear drive you forward. And you can be like, what if I'm listening to this a year later, two years later, three years later, five years later, and I still didn't raise my rates like I need to. I'm still not niching down. I'm still not with the clients I want. How are you going to feel then? Right. And just 
realize that that's going to suck worse than just taking the actions now, getting the clarity that you need and moving yourself forward. So the upcoming masterclass is called Price Your Way to 500K. And whether you're at 50K, 100K, we want to grow your business. You know, and I find sometimes when people talk about like the seven figures and the million dollars, that just feels too far for people. So I pulled it back to 500K. I'd be like, you know, let's create that. Let's set you on that path to go make that happen and to recognize that there is a roadmap to scale to be able to get there. There are ways to be able, like little secrets, let's say, right, that can help you create the higher prices, the increased profit, and the more fun in your business that you want again. The masterclass will help you get there. So it's ownyourmoney.com forward slash masterclass, and we'll pop the link inside the show notes as well. Grab the Pay Yourself Calculator. Come join us for this masterclass. And I'm going to be giving it on a regular basis. So if you're listening to it after the fact, still go and check the link because I think sometimes we don't realize how evergreen these are, you know, when we post on YouTube and we do podcasts. And Emily, I have gone back and listened to some of your past podcasts and they're amazing. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Binge, unicorns unite. <laughs> yeah. And what's so fun about everything you talked about today is it's so meta because this also applies to our clients' business. Like we find ourselves in this therapist role, this coach role, and being able to give them the resources to go help themselves because we want them to be successful. It makes us successful. So this masterclass might actually be perfect for your clients who are on that road to 500K. So please- Great please send this their way as well. I love that. Thank you for mentioning yeah. that, Emily. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like there's something you said very early on and I was like, oh, I should bring that up. And well, I didn't. Right? <laughs> the more successful your clients are, the mm -hmm. more work they will have for you, right? Because mm -hmm. then they'll want to grow. They'll want to do things that are a little bit riskier, a little bit bolder, right? As they continue to grow. And I think sometimes we think that the risks are going to go away. Yeah. As we get bigger, as we, you know, make more revenue, actually they don't. So just newsflash, don't expect the fear to go away. Don't expect the mm -hmm. risk to go away. Sometimes they just get bigger actually and a little bit scarier. But the good news is that it's all about who you are becoming in the process. Yes. And that's what we want for you, right? We want you to be the best version of yourself. And that's what we're here to teach you. And we Let's want you it. to have some freaking money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Belinda. Thank we'll see you at the master class and over on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. See you at Own Your Money. Did you hear that? No one is giving you permission to charge more. Of course, our work group members are encouraging you to. So if you want to join our community, please apply for the Digital Marketers Work Group. We're going to be opening the doors again in June. It's a great place to get in, experience the client clarity, get some encouragement and cheerleading from other freelancers, compare prices so you can raise your own, so you know where you can get better, so you can see opportunities for being more value-based. You're the one who sets your price. You're the independent contractor. CEOs and business owners need you. There's a reason they're hiring contractors and not employees, so don't ever sell yourself short. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, would you tag Belinda and I on Instagram? She's over there at Own Your Money and sign up for her masterclass, Price Your Way to 500K Years. It's going to be running May 24th and possibly on Evergreen if you missed it this round, if you're catching this podcast later. We would love to hear from you and see how this helped you. If you have other ideas for podcasts, send me a quick DM. While you're here, hit subscribe. If you could just tell a friend, a fellow freelancer, 
fellow virtual assistant about this episode and enlighten her, encourage her to stop charging these $20 an hour rates and move on up, that would make my day. And stay tuned. We are about to start a brand new content podcasting series all about content marketing. We're going to be diving into YouTube, podcasting, social media, blogging, ICA research, and how to become a content manager all starting next week. I'll see you then. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. I would like have a question and then you would answer. I'm like, okay, pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> Sorry. No, it was amazing. Hey, we Sorry have to interrupt. Okay, you're fine. Okay, we're fine. We're fine. I got this. I got this. No pressure.